0: This is the Mentors for Military podcast. About a month ago, I sat down with Kobe Cochran from Uncana, who's the founder and CEO, along with Drew and Ian. And some of you might remember Drew actually from about two years ago, where he used to be a co-host on Mentors for Military. In this episode, we really wanted to tackle the question around how the DOD policy came into place against the use of CBD. And then not only that, but what policy changes might be taking place in the near future just because of what's happening out there in the marketplace. The Olympic Committee is now allowing the use of CBD, uh, professional athletes as well you know, I think some of the professional sports are coming on board. So what's the future look like? And as it pertains to active duty members being able to take CBD for inflammation and for other, you know, related issues and stuff. And for those of you that would like to support the podcast, you can always do that through our Patreon site. You can go to PATREON.com slash mentors, the number four M-I-L. You can become a donor for our podcast, which helps us bring great quality and great guests each week to you joined by two guys that haven't been on the show in a long time. As a matter of fact, I went back and looked at it and Drew was on the show, Bear Solutions, you may know him, and back in episode 108. So that had to be about 2 years ago or a little more than that. And then Drew was a regular co-host for that uh for probably a good six months maybe even up to a year thereafter and doing a lot of different shows before his business really took off and ian came on board uh, did a show on episode 144 and uh, ian at rune nation llc and you can follow him out there as well and it's good to have you both back on the show man it's been just way too damn long and i think drew you made a comment about um you know something the effect of how good it is to have you back on that i've missed you for what reason <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's been a while and uh, it's good to see you again and everybody and get on here it's always a great podcast but uh yeah, it does seem like you know maybe you ventured away from us, and you know, <laughs> so you're coming back to your, your ex girlfriends, and you're like, oh, I really did like them a lot. They're pretty. They're pretty hot, you know. It, so it's funny because
0: I mean, <laughs> back then, actually, I had a I had a smaller um, crew of co hosts, and and you were one of mm-hmm. them. And I think we probably had about three or four people, and now I must have like ten co hosts, and. Yeah. You know they they vary. Yeah, it it makes the show different just because we add new blood into it and get an opportunity for people to hear someone other than just myself or the same two or three boring yeah. people. And Absolutely. and speaking of which, we've got a, a really cool guest. And if anybody has ever listened to our podcast, then you automatically know that Uncana is a sponsor of this podcast. And so back in episode one seventy four, we had Kobe on the show, who is the the founder and. Um, leader of that organization. And if you've never heard that episode, then go back and listen to episode one eight, uh, 174. And you can get all uh, kinds of good information about you know CBD and those types of things. But in this episode, we wanted to touch base. It's been a year, basically March 5th, 2020. Uh, I'm sorry, March 5th, 2019 is when we aired episode 174. And I think we taped that probably a week prior to that or so. And, um, Kobe, it's good to have you back on the show. Of course, you know, we're always communicating via social media, but in texting one another and everything else, but it's really good to have you back on and, and look forward to some of the conversation that we're going to have on this episode.
2: Absolutely. Robert, uh, appreciate you know, the opportunity to come back on the show and, uh, put out some good info and same to Drew and in, you know, thank you guys for coming on and contributing to it. Should be a good episode. Yep.
0: People Absolutely. have just, just, if people have just started following the, this, ep, you know, this episode here, or maybe, you know, it's only been say the past five, 10, 15 episodes and they've heard of your company, but they don't know your story because, you know, they, they just haven't heard that episode. It might be kind of cool for you to bring them up to date as to why it is that you've really put together and founded Uncana, and why you're so passionate about that.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Kobe Cochran, founder of Uncana. Um, current running operations, you know, in the CEO capacity. Um, essentially, what we're doing is providing uh, quality CBD products. We're directly tied in with industry leaders out here in uh, Colorado in the Denver area. Um, So everything we're doing, you know, safety standards, uh, product development, it's all done in accordance with hemp industry standards, Um, business members of Hemp Industries Association, National Hemp Association. Uh, So, you know, the back end piece, it's no different than any corporation, you know, their standards and products in the space. Um, The difference is we're a group of veterans, we're hiring from the community, we're giving back to the community, and uh, we're fighting for change in the veteran community. And that stems from... Uh, my own personal experiences throughout my military career. Uh, spent 10 years in the Army um, and, you know, got out in, uh, at the end of 2018. Um, I served in 75th Ranger Regiment, 10th Mountain Division, a uh, ACCM program, you know, working with all the organizations no one's ever heard of, and uh, 82nd as well. Um, so, throughout that time, you know, I competed best ranger, ended up getting 15th, uh, went uh, to one of the most notorious uh, special operations selections out there, successfully uh, passed that selection, um, and, you know, did a lot of our good stuff, so I think that's kind of important to mention, so it's not like, hey, you know, it was uh, the, the bad soldier that, you know, got busted for smoking weed or something. That's that's not my story <laughs> at all.
3: Um, so,
2: it, essentially what you had is I had an exceptional career over 10 years. And, uh, you know, my career essentially ended because I, I dealt with a lot of the issues that a lot of my friends still serve and deal with. Um, and the only answer to those issues is prescription pharmaceuticals. And when you combine our love for alcohol And uh, kind of the military culture that, you know, celebrates alcohol use with uh, numerous pharmaceutical prescription drugs. You know, I think I was on four medications with FDA black box warnings. Um, So pretty terrible side effects. Uh, They change the chemical balance in your brain. um, And they do, you know, what they're supposed to do. They numb everything out. Um, But I was recently talking, you know, with some buddies in the community. And it's, it's one of those things where, okay, we numb the pain that you're dealing with. We numb the stress you're dealing with. We numb, you know, nightmare symptoms of PTSD, uh, symptoms from TBI that you deal with. Uh, but what they don't really highlight and what ends up happening is everything is numbed out. So, you know, uh, caring for your kids, that's numb. You know, loving your family, that's numb. And so if you don't have a solid network and a, a great support base and systems in place to kind of get you on the right track, when you combine all those prescriptions that numb out absolutely everything with alcohol, um, I'm convinced that results in uh, suicide. Um, And I think it's, you know, a huge problem that the research has barely just started to scratch the surface, you know, uh, the connection between prescription pharmaceutical drugs and alcohol and veteran suicide. Um, So, You know, when you take that kind of concept, I was going through uh, an outpatient therapy program, you know, uh, self-enrollment, start working on my own personal issues uh, just to be a better man for my family um, and live a more positive life. Uh, They mentioned CBD and basically started learning everything I could about it, started trying some products out in Denver. Uh, This is while I was still in back in, you know, early 2018 Um, and Essentially, I was able to get off all of my prescriptions using CBD and then deciding, you know, what's necessary, what do I really need, what do I not need? Um, So, you know, it's one of those things As the founder and CEO of Uncana. I don't tell people that CBD is a miracle cure-all, but for me personally, it helped me make other positive changes that result in just a completely different life than what I was previously living. Uh, Just getting off the medications was huge. I started making other positive changes um you know i essentially transitioned extremely rapidly uh you know honorable discharge all of that um had some previous business experience and kind of leveraged my network there to get Uncana started uh so if you fast forward you know a lot of that's covered in the first episode we taped with you robert um there's a full about you know with kind of more of my backstory on our website uh in the about uncannis section but if you fast forward to this point, you know we've helped over 10,000 veterans positively change their lives. Um, we have very few paid affiliates, so the reviews, testimonials, everything you see on social media or website—that's that's all from real guys in the community. A lot of them will voluntarily put that information up in the comment section. Um, and so, whenever I started getting this feedback from our products, based on my own personal experience, and I started hearing it from, you know, a handful of my friends at first, you know, who started using these products to help them with their issues. And I started hearing it from hundreds of guys, you know, from uh, federal contractors to law enforcement officers to active guys to veterans, uh, you know, retired staff, whoever it was. You know, we started expanding and it, it really caught on. Um, we basically had the idea to start collecting data right off the get go. Um, so at this point, you know, we have thousands of pieces of uh, uh, data, which it's anecdotal evidence, obviously. Um, but when you have the sheer amount that we do on the use of CBD and a lot of these guys have consistently used it for anywhere from 60 days up to, you know, over a year, um, our product specifically, and you see the feedback that they're providing to us that says no side effects whatsoever. Um, and you know, noticeable improvements across the board with mood, with chronic pain, with chronic stress, uh, which all of those lead to very severe issues, um, you know it it means something it means something to a lot of people it means something to me personally based on you know my career and kind of how all that turned out uh so our company is on a mission to reverse the department of defense ban on cbd products um you know some people aren't tracking that they have completely and totally banned all cbd products and they've even taken it to the point where you know we've seen stuff where like protein bars have hemp seed in it you know that's banned yeah. simply because it has hemp seed you've heard that drew
1: yeah the uh the kind bars it was some right, type
2: of kind right. bar where they had
1: hemp in it and the seeds and God forbid, you know, anybody has industrial hemp in their system or <laughs> wears a Grateful Dead T-shirt, you know, you're getting banned from the military. But it's just a ridiculous concept. And I think so. What you were saying kind of it brought up a a point. It kind of reminded me of something. <clears throat> you mentioned that you were on several medications and that CBD helped you get off of that. Um, one thing that I've noticed with my personal story is that with CBD. Setting a new normal is kind of the theme, right? So being in the military over a certain amount of time, we get accustomed to a certain lifestyle or our brain works a certain way or we don't sleep enough. We burn the candle at both ends. Over time, that's gonna wreak havoc on your body, your hormones, your endorphins, your your you know chemicals in your brain, all this stuff. For me personally, and maybe this is what you found or maybe some of the people that you work with, a lot of people hear this and they say, I'm not that in-depth, I'm not that bad or I don't have some of these problems. But probably in the military, you have to learn a new normal, which is we think everybody else is crazy, right? No, you're messed up. We're not messed up. No, well, guess what? We're not messed up either, right? right. We blame shit really well. Don't get me wrong, but we're not messed up. It's just we're different. So me taking CBD, when I got more sleep, the stress and anxiety you know, levels were reduced. But it helped me set a new normal that most people get to enjoy you know, or have this that we weren't you know, lucky enough to have through our job or whatever it may be. Did you see that that returning to a new normal is one of the main benefits that most of the people are seeing or one of the big things you saw, or how do you see that?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's huge. And, you know, when you speak of normal, we have to, you know, typically like your background, anyone else's background, pieces of my background, you know, you're around alpha-type males who are pushing their physical and mental performance to exceptional levels. They're accomplishing incredible things, and they're running at a tempo that is nonstop. So, you know, things that would absolutely debilitate a normal person who hasn't lived that kind of life or hasn't had that career, Um, we brush it off. We bury it, right? Whether it's an injury, whether it's mental stress, uh, you know, anything like that, we tend to bury it because we look at our peer group. And it's like, well, that guy's burying it. That guy's burying it. If I show weakness, you know, then something's going to happen. So, you know, for me personally, whenever I actually kind of faced the realization of like, okay, I'm transitioning. I plan to do 20 years in tier one and I'm at 10, you know, I, I did what I had to do, but now I'm exiting. Um, whenever my mind mentally realized like, okay, this life is done. Like you're transitioning, you're going to start a new life, doing whatever it is you're going to do. That's whenever everything really kind of hit me. It's the the physical injuries surfaced and it's like, wow, I, I've been burying this stuff cause I've been, you know, trying to keep up with peers or be better than my peers for so long. Um, so all that stuff really kind of came to surface and I, you know, throughout my entire therapy process, everything else, you know, the biggest stressing point was stop comparing yourself and your injuries to the guys that you were next to hmm. because they're dealing with the same thing, but because you, you guys are focused on this relentless pursuit of excellence, you're burying everything that normal people don't bury. You know, they get it checked out, they get it fixed, Uh, whether it's a physical or mental injury, they take that break. But I mean, you guys know as well as I do, we we don't ever take those breaks. We don't slot them in, especially when you're active duty and and running that kind of career path. Um, So I think whenever I slowed down, a lot of that stuff really surfaced. I started looking at, you know, myself, my issues, Uh, compared to, you know, friends who like didn't serve, you know, didn't deploy numerous times throughout, uh, the global war on terror, you know, didn't have kinetic engagements and and things like that. And it's, you know, there was a very clear set of issues and problems that were, you know, severe enough to where it almost resulted in the loss of my own life, you know, numerous times, um, and so that, that's kind of the point we were at. We were put on a lot of medications, and that just drove me into the ground further. Uh, the risk of suicide skyrocketed. Um, and, you know, at this point, I've lost uh, about seven friends, uh, to include my father, to suicide. Um, so everything we're doing behind cana it's personal. Uh, people might point to our company mission and say, you know, there's financial benefits behind it. And, you know, I think that's probably with anything you do in business. Um, but I'm truly passionate about our mission I uh, have a personal attachment to it um, and I'm personally committed to seeing it through. Uh, If I get told to, you know, shut up and go home by Congress, then so be it. But I'm prepared to take our data and our community support uh, to that point to try and create change for my buddies who are still out there getting after it. Um, As far as the actual feedback drew, yeah, it's, it's setting that new normal. It's establishing healthy patterns. Um, Typically what you see is kind of, uh, two ends of the spectrum. On one end, people are like, oh, it's snake oil. It's just an essential oil, like you're, you are you know, drinking lavender <laughs> oil or something like that. Um, and the on the other end, you know, it's it's life-changing feedback. Um, and that's the biggest thing I stress is that CBD can benefit everyone. It's not just, okay, veterans who are on a bunch of prescriptions is going to help you out. I mean, if you look at the CBD industry as a whole, they have sponsored and taken over and partnered with almost every industry out there so cbd is not only a nutraceutical it's going to be regulated as a dietary supplement by the fda so it's going to be sitting on vitamin uh, and supplement store shelves nationwide um the wada world anti-doping agency removed it from the banned substance list for the olympics uh you've got a company sponsoring the crossfit games uh you've got you know supercross being sponsored and in, in kind of Every big name organization out there, uh, specifically athletes, that's a huge focus as well, just simply for the recovery and performance benefits of these natural supplements. Um, so it is an incredible compound uh, or series of compounds, depending on which product you use. And there's huge benefit to uh, literally anyone out there, to include your pets. Um, so we're excited about what we're doing. And uh, that's kind of the, the purpose of this episode is to dive in and, and kind of discuss some rumors, dispel some myths, and uh, focus on you know what cbd can do for the dod and kind of the data points we have on that
0: you think back 12 months ago when you know we first did the the episode of 174 when you were on kobe and how far we've come since that time frame as you know the united states as the world in relation to cbd because i think in that time frame it was heard of but there wasn't there weren't a lot of traction there a lot of states weren't um really putting anything out there but once the news started catching on and showing that this state's come on board and is allowing it and this state has then people started paying attention to it i think a lot lot more um you know and it it was one of these things of course once national brands started coming out and recognizing it as well as an opportunity then people started recognizing okay well if that brand is supporting it or if this person is supporting it then then maybe i need to pay attention to this so we've i mean we've come light years in 12 months
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we have. Uh, I think I may have been talking recently with Ian about this, but when I first stood up this company, you know, as I was leaving service, um, I was trying to leverage the support from my previous side business that was running while active duty that I had built up over, you know, five years. And the majority of the people I had worked with um, done some really great things in the community as far as raffles, fundraisers, donations, um, mutual promotions, that type of stuff, the majority of them wanted absolutely nothing to do with what the mission I was heading on. Um, And I think a lot of it was due to stigma. You know, they were afraid that it would negatively affect their business because everything we did was involved with the federal um, veteran and law enforcement community. And they didn't want to be the first guys to come out and say, Hey, we support the use of CBD. It's doing phenomenal things for the community, and it can potentially save lives. Um, and it, it was directly due to stigma, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I look around and I, I see some of those uh, same companies and people wrapping, um, you know, whatever brand out there, uh, or developing their own products and infusing their own line of products. Uh, so yeah, I think the stigma um, has come a long way, or at least the reduction in stigma. Um, if you look at us personally, uh, I mean, we, you know, we now sponsor the tactical games, uh, which that was a major milestone for me because it was like, okay, we have our first outside of, you know, you and your podcast, we have our first, you know, major veteran tactical centric, you know, federal law enforcement community type series being sponsored by us, you know, veteran and CBE company. Um, So I think that was huge for kind of, you know, showing that stigma has dissipated so much to where we were able to sponsor the tactical games, um, which they realize the benefits of CBD. They realize that it's not intoxicating. They know that it's not marijuana. And those are the biggest points that, you know, people in general still need to figure out um, because I would say, you know, the majority of people now understand CBD. They know what it is. Um, but there's still so much confusion as far as mm-hmm. the, the products on the market. What do they do? What do they don't do? You know, is it actually safe to use and, and things like that. So,
0: well, even milligram usage, I mean, I noticed that there's no set guidelines. There's no set form of information that's available to the general public.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, Drew, Ian, you guys using any of the products? Do you know what, what milligram strength?
3: I just use an entire dropper worth. 2500 milligram, or the thousand yeah, yeah, milligram for the, for the for the full spectrum, uh, the 2500. Okay, uh, right. So 2500 milligram, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. So we, with our products, you know, we we did not have thousand milligram tinctures for a long time. Um, we ended up developing those to compete with corporate competitors. Um, our product line was only. You know we refer to it as high potency because it's high potency compared to you know the majority of what's on the market really I, w- I would like to refer to it as standard potency um we have enough data now to where we know you know that it, your typical 180 to 220 pound you know athlete is going to be using 30 milligrams uh twice a day that's that's the majority of our customer base feedback um so drop that down to just 30 milligrams a day if you know, say they're only going to use it on bad days, or hey, I have you know a lot of stress today, so I'm going to you know take half a dropper or whatever it is. Um, so that's kind of how we developed our products. Uh, it, it's all based on data. Um, one of the biggest issues is you know a lot of these companies are not doing it now because uh, they're afraid to lose credibility. Uh, but if you look at uh, some of the bigger guys, um, just last year, they the market was plagued by 250 milligram, 500 milligram. CBD products. You know, a lot of it was just isolate only. Um, so there's three different types kind of important to mention here. You have isolate CBD, which is just cambodile by itself. Um, which is CBD is the acronym for cambodile. Uh, but it's also the acronym for all CBD apparently. Uh, that's something (laughs) the industry needs to figure out. Um, they call it cannabinoid products. Uh, so isolate, you know, if you look at good, better, best isolate would be good. Then you have broad spectrum, which is better. It's a whole plant extract, but it's had the THC removed. So you get all the additional minor cannabinoids, uh, flavonoids, vitamins, minerals, every other plant compound in there, but THC is stripped out. So it's the closest product to a full spectrum, except it's THC free. So safer to use for guys who are subjected to your analysis. Um, that would be a better product to use. Uh, best product to use is full spectrum, but guys take the risk of failing a UA um, using full spectrum because it has trace amounts of THC. And what guys don't realize is that trace amount of THC, that is what's primarily helping with sleep and pain issues. Um, that's, there's a ton of research and factual science data studies on THC, and that that's primary benefits is the pain and uh, sleep issues.
1: And the challenge uh,
0: there, I, let me just kind of interject real quick, because I think part of the issue or concern there with agencies that require or monitor THC levels is because there, there really is no way to know whether you have a small amount or a large amount. They just can measure whether you have THC in your system, correct?
1: A lot of people that... Are looking at cbd one of the big concerns is i'm gonna get tested for this you know and i want the full potency of it um it's kind of a nerve wracking for the people doing it you know i'm um, sure kobe you got a little bit more to say on that but
2: right yeah so if you look at drug testing um someone you know employers are not drug testing for cbd it would be extremely cost effective and there's really no logical reason to it's a non-intoxicating plant compound you know yeah. it's primary benefit is reduction in inflammation. Um, it's a, you know, the government has a patent on CBD. It's just cannabidiol. So isolate essentially products is what we're talking about here. They have a patent on CBD for, um, being a neuroprotectant in an antioxidant. So that goes into uh, a slew of different issues, you know, Parkinson's MS, um, neuropathy and you know, the, the list goes on. Uh, so, you know, they, whenever employers drug tests are drug testing for the presence of THC, which is the intoxicating cannabinoid in cannabis. Um, Drug testing for marijuana is determined by the appearance of THC metabolites, not CBD. uh, To fellow drug test, uh, the actual guideline for um, within DOD and uh, SAMHSA, which is like the national standards for drug testing, uh, they have a detection limit for the presence of THC and they're looking for a specific metabolite of THC, but the cutoff level is 50 nanograms per milliliter. Uh, so to put, put that into perspective, we did some further research on this, and if you look at a thousand milligram full-spectrum product, they've done some studies. As long as the THC is below the federal legal limits for hemp, which is 0.3% or less, uh, they give you a 23% chance um, of failing your analysis for THC when using a 1,000 milligram full spectrum product. Um, so another source declared a1,000 to 2000 milligram dose would be an 11 to 23 percent chance of drug test detection. So you know if you're paying roughly 80, 90 dollars for a thousand milligram full spectrum tincture, um, you're probably not drinking the whole thing in one you know swoop. If you are, you have an 11 to 23 percent chance of failing a drug test for THC. So that's the trace amounts in there. Um, A lot of our factors, you know, accurate labeling, uh, is it from an actual, you know, legitimate supplier that's tied in with the hemp industry organizations that has standards in place, i.e. is it actually less than 0.3% THC and not spiked up to give people more of a, you know, um, more of a physical effect so they think you have a better product or something like that so that's where third-party lab testing comes into play i'll tell you exactly what's in the product and you can actually verify those labs and the company that you know whose name is on the labs and everything else um, but your metabolism body mass and then delivery method those are other factors that are going to affect your analysis um, when you look at top applications you know you're using a full spectrum topical cbd product there is virtually um no risk of failing a ua for thc um that's basically due to it not having penetration to the blood system. It's great for localized therapeutic effect because it's just going through the actual top skin layers. Uh, now, if you use like a transdermal patch that has like some kind of penetration enhancer, that's where you get that deep you know, tissue penetration and that's where you have a higher chance of failing a drug test. But if you're just using standard topical full spectrum CBD products, uh, they're extremely effective for pain, inflammation, things like that. Um, the studies that we've all looked at have basically shown that it's virtually impossible to fail UA from it. Uh, there is a higher chance when using the actual tinctures and taking that sublingual. Um, but again, you know, this is hemp. Uh, and so hemp is only different from marijuana because of the actual THC cutoff. Uh, anything less than 0.3% THC is hemp. It's federally legal, good to go across the board. Um, it's going to be everywhere and it's going to be made into everything. Anything that has 0.3% or higher THC content is marijuana. Um, that's virtually the only difference between the plants uh, in regards to federal legalities. But if we kind of rotate back to what we were talking about initially, Robert, with uh, you know the 250, 500 milligram tinctures, you know our data shows that we need an 1,800 milligram product to give someone a month supply at 230 milligram doses a day. So that's 1,800 milligrams. Um, that's why we developed our 2500 milligram standard product line initially starting the company out. that would give guys 1800 milligrams plus extra for extra bad days or you know spot dosing or anything like that um, or you know giving it to pets or anything else. Um, so we, we pushed out the thousand milligram tinctures to kind of compete with the corporate level and you know a percentage of people are only using 30 milligrams a day or you know an even smaller percentage are using less than that. Um, but we think the 1,000 milligram uh, is kind of hovering around that line of your, your daily use. Um, I would say 750 milligrams, if you're talking about like soft gels and things like that, uh, 25 milligrams or higher a day, and that's depending on who you are, what you're actually trying to use it for. Um, but the point is you had these big corporations putting out 250 and 500 milligram products, and the reason was for retail distribution. They said people aren't going to pay, you know, 100 plus dollars a cbd product trying it for the first time not knowing what it is etc etc uh so they pushed out a product that would look good on retail shelves 50 bucks for a cbd tincture and people have heard all this amazing stuff about cbd uh and they're like okay 50 bucks i can manage that i'll get i'll try it out well you get a 250 or 500 milligram cbd product for 50 bucks and then you try and make that last 30 days and you scale your dose as a result you get no effects so people walk away, you know, screw that company, CBD doesn't work, it's snake oil, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and these companies that did that, they knew exactly what they were doing, you know. Um, and then that's why they they scaled the lineup. But if you look out now, there are virtually no companies that are offering tinctures, you know, at that low dose anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, because
2: I, the the consumers are now educated enough to know, okay, that's going to be ineffective. And it's a straight ripoff, you know, $50 for 250 500 milligram tincture
1: i think we had that conversation you a while back um yeah when you were in tennessee we were talking about dosages mm-hmm. and everything and i've had some students that have kind of been like oh cbd doesn't work that's bullshit i'm like and well you
3: ask them how much they take yeah exactly
1: i'm like well i thought so too because i was googling online like hey like five little drops is like good for anxiety and like Ten drops out of the dropper is good for this, and then sleep, and you know, so on and so forth, or whatever the numbers were. And I was like, I don't feel nothing. This is BS, whatever. <laughs> and then finally, you know, uh, we were hanging out. It was uh, in Tennessee when Jay came down to film. We did the commercial for yeah, yeah. Canada. We had the salve, and I was like, Yeah, man, I put it on my hands because I got. My hands are broke, man. Like I wake up, I can barely move my hands. I got to warm up. I think you're just broke in general. Yeah. Right? Was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> it was also that, you know, seven, eight surgeries will do that. Uh, yeah. oh, man. But, um, you know, stuff like that. And, and Ian was like, I was like, how much do you take? He's like, the whole dropper. I was like, oh, <laughs> I've been doing this wrong, you know? And yeah, uh, so I started using it. Yeah, I started using it like that. I was like, oh, now I'm seeing these benefits a lot more, you yeah. know? Um, but I talked to a student actually at a class. I think it was in Arizona. And he had said, yeah, that CBD is dumb, whatever. It's just whatever. I'm going off on the, the normal fixed mindset kind of stuff. And I literally said, what kind of CBD you taking? He's like, oh, the stuff I got at the store. I was like, what store? He's like, the, the gas station. I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I love the okay. gas station. CBD. Well, let's.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, so so that, first of all, that, you don't buy top shelf stuff. Yeah,
1: you don't buy sushi <laughs> at a gas station. You probably shouldn't buy him you know something that's considered a medical product in a way or a supplement, right? And uh, sure enough, it was just like you're talking about the 500 milligram stuff. He's trying to make it last. He ended up buying. You know, I suggest Uncana. You know, there's other companies out there, but we're a little bit biased, right? So he suggested that. Sure enough, he emails me like a month later and says you were right, this stuff does work. I was like, I, I told you. And, I, and he was like, yes, you told me that. So I was like, I told you again, you know, just to make a point. It <laughs> But um, you know, there's a big difference in that dosage. And I think that people don't understand the quality. And I would compare this market because it's so new. It's kind of like when creatine came out, you know, like in oh, the yeah. 90s and you yeah. were all, they had the little droppers at like GNC behind the glass. And yep. there was like Lean Body by Labrada Protein that tasted like horrible or designer protein, all this other crap. It's the wild west. The companies are coming around and in Canada, these companies are starting to make this higher quality. Now you're really getting that consistency and that better product, so it's actually going to work. You get what you paid for. You know what I mean? You buy once, cry once, get what you paid for and see those results. You cannot put a price on your health or your happiness or your family's happiness for that matter, which is probably the biggest thing that I saw, you know, in, in all that and recovery and sleep.
0: Yeah.
2: Right, right. You know, I, I think there's a couple different things at play there. Um, you know, one is definitely the standards, uh, two is the lack of regulation in, in the industry, and uh, three would be expectation management. Um, so if you talk about standards, you know, we're a veteran-owned company, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they look at veteran-owned companies in spaces like we are or you know, similar product types, and uh, they want to immediately, immediately assume white label. Uh, they're looking at a catalog, throwing a label on and like someone's doing all the work for them. All they're doing is, you know, hang out on social media all day, trying to promote. Um, so, you know, Robert, you follow my personal Instagram page. You know, you guys do as well. You know, I, I flew out to uh, one of the biggest hemp research facilities in the U S prior to standing this company up or while I was standing up with, uh, for consulting to figure out, okay, this stuff has changed my life in a extremely short period of time. I'm on the right track. I'm focused on this. I want to give this back to my friends, my community. How do I do it the right way? And, uh, if you look at that company now, you know, they're still one of the largest, uh, processors of hemp material, um, of CBD products, um, you know, to the point where we, we have NDAs and things like that in place, but there are many, many successful brands built off their back end. Um, so regardless of that, I ended up po- partnering with local Colorado uh, industry leaders. So if you look at from our farms to the actual extraction process and facility um, to the front end distribution, marketing, everything else, um, I'm directly partnered with other better known businesses to close the loop on all of that. So, you know, I like to tell people all the time, you know, I, I spent my time in the Army, you know, playing Army. Like that's what I did Went on deployments, everything else. I wasn't studying to be a mechanical engineer, you know, and studying food grade extraction in processing systems. Uh, So those are the people who are processing our products. They're truly experts in the hemp industry under, you know, a veteran owned company that's specifically doing processing of hemp. Um, If you look at our farms, same concept. And so we've closed the loop to where we have this completely vertically integrated system to where I can say, you know, I walk into our facilities, Go talk to our lead lab technician and say, hey, here's you know, the recent data I collected. So our next product, I want it to be a joint support capsule. Uh, we want MSM, you know, white willow, cat's claw, uh, glucosamine, all this other stuff in it, and then this amount of uh, CBD. And they formulate that product to my specs. Um, so it's a lot different system and process that I've stood up than something that's like a white label company. That's like, here's our 500 milligram line, here's our thousand milligram line, throw your label on and send it out the door. Um, there's a lot more work, there's a lot more R&D, a lot more data, um, and we're working for the benefit of the community. Um, so if you look at our actual standards, you know the Hemp Industries Association, we've been business members with them since day one. They just did a spotlight for our company last week. Um, so that should paint the picture pretty clear to anyone you know that was curious that we are actually tied in with hemp industry leaders. Um, our food grade processing facilities are CGMP certified. Our, uh, labs are ISO certified. They're third party on affiliate. We use botanical laboratories to lab test every single batch of product. And it's lab tested numerous times, um, for safety, purity, and potency. So you can pull up our COAs and see that there's no heavy metals, pesticides, residual solvents, you know, nothing bad in it. And that it is the potency that you're paying for. Um, so what I see, you know, pretty often is, um you know the expectation management that's another factor so people will read or see reviews or hear feedback from a full spectrum product and then they will use an isolate product that's probably half the potency of the product that someone was talking about on the full spectrum side and expect those kind of results Uh, so when you use an isolate product there's not any kind of huge physical effect that you notice you know, the science and data is there. It's working to reduce inflammation. It's going to calm you down and you're going to have kind of like a clear mind and more relaxed uh, mentality and, and mindset. Um, but there's no big, you know, sigh of relief or physical uh, immediate effect that you feel in regards to like, you know, severe chronic pain. Um, now, if you use a broad spectrum, there's a little bit more of that type of physical noticeable effect. If you use a full spectrum product, you absolutely have that physical noticeable effect immediately.
0: The great is the full spectrum versus the broad pre- spectrum versus the isolate.
2: Right. Yeah. And you know, there's there's complications with the full spectrum because it has those trace amounts of THC. Uh, but you know, if you talk about anyone that deals with chronic stress, chronic pain, sleep issues, TBI, uh, PTSD, anything else, they need to use a full spectrum product period. Now, obviously a lot of guys can't because they can't say, well, you know, I don't care about my career. So I'm going to use full spectrum products unless it's bad enough. into that point for me, it was, that's why I'm, you know, not on the career track that I was anymore. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you look at why can't people use full spectrum products? Well, the cutoff level for your analysis testing is 50 nanograms per milliliter for THC. So a higher potency full spectrum product, 25 milligram carries a higher risk of failing a UA. Um, unless you're using it sparingly taking days off before testing or whatever else. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, if you look at employment policies to begin with, if you look at the cutoff level being 50 nanograms per milliliter, that is such a tiny amount. And there's studies and research now that are saying that you, people are not even beginning to become intoxicated until 1% THC is consumed. Um, And so if you look at that, and these products are less than 0.3% THC, so a significant ways off from the actual THC in the product being intoxicating, you know, I like to compare it to alcohol. You can legally get in a car and drive up to 0.08, right? But we don't have that same standard for THC. How much THC can you use and legally drive? No one knows yet federal authorities, you know, because cannabis isn't federally legalized, that hasn't been rolled out. If it is federally legalized, you know, that's going to be something that has to catch up employment, drug testing, everything else. Uh, if you look at legal States like here in Colorado, they're now pushing, uh, to say that employers can't test for THC unless they're directly involved with like public safety type roles, you know, uh, TSA pilots, things of that nature, uh, construction workers, you know, whatever else. Um, so it's it's really interesting. A, a lot of things are in motion, um, but bottom line, you know, people need to use a full spectrum product. The next best is going to be broad spectrum, and then after that's going to be isolate. It depends on what you're using it for too. If you're just a normal person with not a lot of significant serious issues, and you just want you know better uh, recovery, reduced inflammation, better sleep, uh, you want more relaxed mood and not be on edge all the time, then you can use an isolate broad spectrum or full spectrum CBD product and get results from it. Um, If you have severe chronic pain and uh, some of those types of issues, you want to use a full spectrum. If you use an isolate product, maybe it's not so effective to severe chronic pain, uh, but isolate is extremely effective on something like epilepsy. Um, So there's various uses. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. All three types of products uh, all pretty much do the same thing, but they also do some other things drastically different. And we have a really good CBD guide on our website that kind of breaks all of this down Um, so that it's a little bit easier to understand and, uh, people, you know, can be, feel free to go check that out and, and educate themselves. We have direct links to research. So it's not just us spitballing what we think about CBD. It's, it's from actual scientific, uh, studies and and journals.
0: One of the things I think that, you know, people uh, may may need to be aware of is any type of interaction with um, certain medications they may be taking. Like, for instance, if they're taking a medication that it automatically has on the label, you know, um, reaction to grapefruit, as an example, then that that may be something I think that you you may want to call out in the the cases and the studies uh, that they've done with CBD in relation to the same thing.
2: Right. And, and we point to that, you know, we try and take care of the community. Um, so we specifically push out their, you know, content on social media, to our FAQs and things like that. Um, you know, to, uh, be cautious if you're using this with medications because it CBD does interact the same way as grapefruit. And for people that don't know, if you are on specific medications and you eat grapefruit, grapefruit has this weird effect to where, um, it's gonna go one way or the other. It's either going to increase the effectiveness of your medication or it's going to decrease it. Um, And at the same time, CBD lowers blood pressure. So if you're on a low blood pressure medication and then you take CBD that lowers blood pressure, your blood pressure is now really low. So it's kind of one of those things where people are now talking to their doctors and saying, you know, do I really need to be on this blood pressure medication or can I take CBD? And they're getting whatever answers from there. Um, but in general, you want to space your medications out several hours between taking CBD. Uh, because if you took a medication um, and the effectiveness of that medication, it was improved because you're taking CBD and that's a high dose medication that could create issues for you. Uh, so you do have to be cautious. There is, um, you know, responsibility on behalf of the company, on behalf of the way you market these products um, and, Without FDA regulation happening across the board in the industry, because they keep stalling for various reasons, uh, really the consumer safety is at stake here. Um, You know, so if you look at us and our company, we personally interact and know many of the businesses that support us, the people that support us. We keep close contact with our customers. Um, We're we're a very personable company in that aspect, whereas a corporation's not. They have the big legal teams, the big budgets, they put the disclaimers on site, and if people die from their products, so be it. Um, And I think that's kind of across the board anywhere you look in regards to that. If that happens to us, it's my name. It could be my friend, my family member, um, you know, something similar. So we do, we take extra steps to try and educate the community on these things. Um, The actual side effect risk is extremely low. Uh, The World Health Organization stated that CBD is safe for use with no potential for abuse. Um, it's non-intoxicating, and 97% of our survey respondents have stated that they have had zero side effects whatsoever in regards to negative side effects. I don't know. Have you guys, Drew, Ian, have you uh, had any side effects at all using these products?
3: None. none, uh, I've been taking it probably since, I'd say probably August of 18, um, consistently. I only started really using the salve um, the full spectrum salve, uh, more consistently late, uh, than prior when I first started, I went for the full spectrum, uh, tincture right away and used that. But the, I think like, if you're going to use the tincture, you, you got to do the salve in my opinion too, especially, um, if you are one of individuals here who, um, enjoy being active, working out, or in my case, working out and doing jujitsu or going and teaching and sitting in a, Compressed, you know, <laughs> enclosed, uh, flying tin can for hours upon hours, and then you get out and then have to go teach and there's different time zones. And your body's taking a wreck. Um, definitely, that that full spectrum salve helps out a lot too, in my opinion. Especially right out of a shower when your pores are open, you throw that on there. Woo, get back yeah. right to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, for me, it's, it's it's either no
1: effect because I wasn't taking it after dinner wrong, or a positive effect. There was never been anything negative for me, but one thing I will say is uh, when I first got the CBD and I was like, oh, let's try this out. You know, I convinced my wife to try it, too, and she was eager to do it. Um, well, she may have taken a little bit too much because I may have used her as a test bed, which is not the smartest thing on my part. Right. Uh, but she's a smaller person. She's sensitive to a lot of shouldn't take any medications or anything. So like a little bit of some usually affects her more than other people. So I think I gave her, I don't know, like uh, an entire dropper Or three, I can't remember. Told her to take. Yeah, I did the math wrong, and uh, (laughs) she got pretty tired. (laughs) It was at night. We were sitting on the couch, and she was like, "I feel, I'm really relaxed and tired." I was like yes baby you are relaxed
0: I, just, <laughs> <laughs> so, I immediately
1: was like oh i think i messed up here this is probably really so, but,
2: so you're one of the guys that threw away our dosing card where it says start low and then scale your dose yes yeah,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so, so like, yeah i appreciate that uh, you know the advice but uh we're just gonna yeah. drop three droppers full it's
1: like i don't need your directions mr smart guy with your research oh, i can do this <laughs> And uh, yeah, so she was a little tired. That's the only side effect I've ever seen. She got a little drowsy, but she uh, she actually was like, "Oh, that's the best sleep I've ever had." She woke up refreshed. I was like, "I bet you did," and she's like, "You're an idiot. You gave me way too much." I'm like, "Yeah, my bad. I did math wrong. I did. I was totally oh, confused God. on the drop."
3: That's I, I right. carry the two, and then you know. Yeah, like carry that,
1: <laughs> that, that that decimal's wrong. Let's move that over a little
2: bit. <laughs> and that's it. That, that's about the you know biggest side effect we've seen from yeah. uh, full spectrum products specifically yeah. is hey, I was you know I was really relaxed, and it's like okay, well, we we say start low and scale on subsequent dosing. Um, you know, and also that benefits you as a consumer because it saves money. If yeah. you go straight in, you're like, "Hey, I got a 2500 milligram tincture. I'm taking one full dropper, which is one milliliter, which is about 83.3 milligrams of full spectrum CBD." You know, that is, you know, two and a half of what we're saying that guys are, you know, taking daily. So if you if you start low, if you scale it up, you know, Ian may find that 20 milligrams works for him, and Drew may be like, well, 45 milligrams works for me. And the dosing card we send with every order, you know, it tells you how to break it down f- calculate how many milligrams per drop and, and kind of figure that out. Um, so my point being is 20 milligrams works for Ian, but he didn't start low, then he's just wasting product at that point. So if you're going through a t-shirt twice as fast and now you're like, I can't afford this. I can't sustain it. You know, what's this uncanny company all about or, or any other company, you know, with with what market pricing currently is. Um, so, Yeah don't take too much. You you want to take a nap and, you know, maybe yeah. some snacks kind of same concept is, yeah. is real cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the devil's lettuce. So yeah. terrible for everyone. Yeah.
0: yeah. What do you think it's going to take for the DOD and what do you think it's going to take to move the needle and get these guys on board and feel comfortable moving forward? Because, Having served all of us here and we're all broke in some capacity. If you serve for some period of time in the military, let's say longer than four or five years, you know, 800 milligram ibuprofen, like candy, uh, back in the days. And that's what they would prescribe me. Oh yeah.
2: Gabapentin, tramadol, you know, oxy, Ambien. Yeah. The, the yeah. list goes on and on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got a handful of buddies, you know, who are full blown, you know, tier one guys. And uh, you know, they're, they're pushing through and they're on a lot of these medications and it's, we have alternatives right here in front of us. We have data that shows it's effective and safe. It's non-intoxicating. So in theory, they would do their jobs better. They would perform better. You know, they wouldn't have that cloudy, foggy mind. Um, So if you look back, DOD, it's actually been kind of funny to watch. Um, I I absolutely cannot wait for my opportunity to stand in front of Congress and highlight all of this because I've documented every single step of it. Um, and that, that's a personal vendetta for you know, being put on numerous prescription pharmaceuticals and, and kind of uh, losing my opportunity to you know, basically pursue and, and have the career that I wanted to have. Um, so if you trace it back, you know, we kind of hit on that and in the first episode. Uh, basically, you had bad soldiers. You know, no one likes to say there's bad soldiers. Well, there's bad soldiers, just sure like there's there. bad people everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so you had these guys who wanted to have a good time. And so they get something called Spice, which is basically potpourri, you know, drizzled with a bunch of different chemicals to try and mirror the effects of THC. And what happens is it makes people have actual psychosis, um, as well as serious health complications. So whenever CBD started popping up all over the place, you know, uh, Spice, I think that I'll call it an illicit market because it it should be, I don't know how it's able to even sit on store shelves, but that started popping up more and more. So soldier goes in, he buys this bait cart that's supposed to, you know, get him high like weed does, but that's not the case whatsoever. You know, it's completely different. Um, it's true, you know, serious health complications, uh, in psychosis. And I, I don't think, I mean, a lot of people have used, you know, marijuana before and it's, it's not that, um, so they use these—they're vaping spice, or they're you know dropping spice oil, sublingual tincture, however, um, or smoking spice, depending on all the different types of spice products—and having serious health complications and going to the hospital. And so you have a series of these incidents happen at one specific point in time, and at the same time, CBD started making more and more progress to becoming a legitimate industry, a natural supplement industry. So it was getting more and more mainstream. Well, these guys said, "Oh, it's just CBD. Like my, you know, my mother told me I need to use CBD instead of pills, and uh, so I was just using CBD." Uh, And try and play that card to, like, get out of trouble, right? So that's what we all suspect, but basically that's what was sent up to medical command. Oh, it's CBD. And so, you know, without any further research, apparently, DOD starts saying that Spice, synthetic THC, which is a bunch of random chemicals designed to get you intoxicated, was CBD, which is a natural organic plant compound that has nothing but health benefits with no side effects. Um, So that was publicly pushed out. Press you know, Military Times, everything else. Um, And there was immediate policy letters came out that said, all CBD is banned, period. Uh, It's making you bleed from your eyes. I mean, we have screenshots and pictures and emails of all this stuff. Um, So it's extremely interesting to see that because DOD was basically not informed whoever was writing these policy letters or memos in regards to CBD. And they were pushing it out like, well, we can say whatever we want. And on our end, no, you can't. Because it's, you know, at that point, 2018, and, you know, we're in the age of information, social media, you know, technology. It's very simple to look at open source research and see that that is not CBD. Um, Overall, that's where the ban started, Um, and it kind of escalated from there. You know, I was in the U.S. Army for 10 years. You know, a lot of people have more impressive, longer careers than I do and are— you know, more jacked up from their injuries and everything else. But I got a pretty good feeling uh, for how DOD operates, being involved with conventional special operations and uh, TS level programs throughout my career. And it's one of those things where DOD looks at CBD as, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like a B, right? It, and we don't want the B to interfere with what we're doing. You're you're a nuisance, so like, go away, B. So they slap a full-out ban on all CBD, period. Okay, that's closed. It's not an issue anymore. Commanders are tracking, kick guys out, run their careers, run their lives for trying to use a product that's supposed to help them be a better person. So that's basically how the policy has stood in place till now. Now, they have received so many requests um, through the actual uh, substance abuse program, um, through uh, CID, through uh, the actual – Marshal's office or Provost Marshal in um, peace, everything else about CBD. Why can't we use it? Can we use it? Is it legal? Is it not? What are we doing? Um, that they have put out their official policy. So, uh, getting into official DOD policy and their stance on it, I just kind of want to recap um, federal law and kind of the, the regulations and legalities for CBD. Um, So if you look at federal law, uh, it's clear, thanks to the Farm Bill that passed December 20th, 2018, it removed hemp from the Controlled Substance Act. So for the first time uh, since marijuana was lumped in with stuff like heroin um, as a Schedule 1 controlled substance uh, because it has no medicinal benefits and high risk for abuse, and uh, obviously it's terribly bad for you, um, which that's completely inaccurate and wrong. Uh, that's lumped in as a as schedule one, but th- that's where it is. So for the first time since the United States Controlled Substance Act, I think that was a uh, 1970 act um, went to play. Hemp was removed from being classified as that. Um, so if you fast forward to now, the DEA is out of the CBD game and the FDA is in complete control of regulating hemp derived food and uh, cannabinoid products. So if you look at state level, uh, federal legality doesn't automatically mean state legality. So each state handles hemp and CBD differently. Uh, for instance, in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota, the state says that CBD, no matter what type of product, is completely illegal. Um, in Alaska, California, Washington, and other states, it's legal but can't be sold in combination with food or beverages. And the FDA says you can't combine it with food and beverages across the whole nation. And that's something that I think every industry player is working to change because uh, it's not only logical, uh, but extremely beneficial to combine it with certain things. Um, So essentially, you know, other places say, well, you can't sell CBD flour here because it looks exactly like marijuana flour and law enforcement can't tell the difference. And that's an issue. And we don't know what to do about it. So no CBD flour for, you know, bowl use. Other places may say you can only uh, have products that don't have any THC whatsoever. Um, So our stance as a company is federal law, Trump state law. We ship to all 50 states. We ship all of our product line. um, And we actually just started shipping uh, to the UK uh, on a wholesale basis. But we're only shipping our THC-free products to the UK because they're Uh, version of the FDA is called the FSA, and they set the daily use at no more than 70 milligrams of CBD uh, per day, and in all of their CBD products have to be less than 0.2% THC. So that's where it varies here in the States. You can have up to 0.3% THC. Um, So if you go back to the FDA, uh, there's you know, a lot surrounding FDA stance, why they've done what they've done, why they've held up regulating these products for so long. And it's important to the consumers because into uh, the industry as a whole, because it, it protects consumers. Right now, people, you know, they can say they're third party lab testing. They can say they're CGMP. They have ISO labs, everything else all day long. They can put whatever they want on their website and they can get away with it right now because there's no federal regulation of these products or of the industry. Um, That's where associations like the National Hemp Association, Hemp Industries Association come into play, and their business members are fully standardized and regulated across the board. Um, So everyone's pushing the FDA to regulate these as dietary supplements. The latest update we have is that uh, Dr. Stephen Hahn, he's the newly appointed uh, commissioner of the US FDA, Um, he's quoted saying, we're not going to be able to say that you can't use these products. It's a fool's errand to even approach that. Uh, We have to be open to the fact that there might be some value to these products, and certainly Americans think that's the case, but we want to get them information to make the right decisions. So while the U.K. has gone ahead and regulated CBD and done what they need to do to make sure that they have consumer safety uh, or standards for consumer safety in place, the FDA has continued to stall since December 20th, 2018, when they removed hemp from the Controlled Substance Act. Um, At this point, they say they don't have enough information on the safety profile of CBD, even though the World Health Organization said safe for use with no potential for abuse, Uh, even though the UK has gone ahead and regulated it, other allied countries are going ahead and regulating these products. Um, There's a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff like that. I don't want to get into that side of it, but essentially uh, numerous organizations are collecting data on the safety of CBD to include our company. Uh, Through surveys and things like that, we're submitting this information to show that people are not having any side effects whatsoever across every demographic and age range possible. um, And that they can give it gross uh, standards, which is generally regarded as safe, so that it can be added in food and uh, beverages, that it can be sitting on store shelves nationwide as a dietary supplement. So that's what's going to happen next. FDA has been stalling and doing everything possible to not move that ball forward. But there is a lot of influence uh, that's going to make that happen. So if you look uh, to DOD now, you have something called Operation Supplement Safety. It's OPSS. Um, Ian, Drew, you guys ever use pre-workout overseas and then a year later it's completely banned for DOD because some guy took five scoops and died of a heart attack, in 110-degree, five-mile PT run in Iraq?
1: Uh Oh, hell
2: yeah. (laughs) That happened on my
1: base the interpreter died. He took <laughs> oh, five, terrible. six scoops of and it exploded explode and died. And, and they found meth explode. in these oh, supplements. Man. Yeah. Got right. It. Dang.
2: So OPSS, yeah. Operation Supplement Safety, that is the DoD dietary supplement resource for the military community. Uh, when things like that happen, it's OPSS's job to distribute the information, compile the data, do the research, push out the notices, everything else uh, to ensure the safety of DoD service members, troops, everything else. Um, So we went ahead and pulled what they're saying about CBD, and it's difficult because they don't really talk about CBD. They talk about things that are not CBD, and that's apparently why CBD is banned. Um, So if you look at it, they define hemp as the plant canvas, the TVL, any part of the plant, including the seeds and all derivatives, with the THC concentration of uh, no more than 0.3% on a dry weight basis. Um, The same law federally makes hemp no longer a controlled substance. So they give a description of hemp and they say that even though the new federal law removes, they call it low THC hemp, it's just hemp. It, lo, the fact that it has low THC, less than 0.3% is what makes it hemp, so um, the new law removes low THC hemp as a controlled substance and the law also recognizes FDA's authority to determine whether hemp or any of its derivatives are allowed in food, drugs, and dietary supplements. So you guys now know that that is happening. That's the path that the FDA is on, that the hemp industry as a whole is on. This is a CPG or consumer packaged goods industry, uh, meaning that this is going to be big box retail aligning GNC, CBS, Walgreens, Target, every pharmacy ever, um, probably in the next 12 to 24 months. Um, so they say that the FDA has the authority over hemp. And they say, although this new legislation might affect future military policy, the current service policies, as described below, have not yet changed. So that is a new sentence that was not previously in OPSS for CBD. The and de- that's what leads me
0: the FDA to believe. Piece. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, yes. in that have not yet changed. Hmm. So it leads me to believe that they're already receiving pressure from service members and I've had senior commanders and sergeant majors and everyone else reach out to me and say, this stuff has changed my life and I am sending it up to hire saying, what do we need to do to get this approved? I have guys offering their services to help us advance our mission. Uh, I mean, we're completely tied in and full steam ahead on the back end for, for trying to make this actually happen. Um, so they continue on their DOD policy, the DOD policy, DODI, uh, 1010.01 10.10.01 specifically mentions marijuana, synthetic cannabinoids, which is the spice I was talking about. They got CBD banned in the first place, um, and controlled substances, which include THC. But they don't mention hemp. Uh, now they've gone back and updated all of their DoDI policies to include hemp now. So essentially, the Air Force, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, and Coast Guard all have specific policies that uh, specifically mention hemp now, um, and say that basically. Uh, you cannot use it no matter what. The only exception is that the Coast Guard says this includes ingestion of hemp oil or products made with hemp seed oil. However, it does not include food items regulated and approved by the FDA that contain hemp ingredients. So theoretically, when FDA regulation occurs, these are dietary supplements. The Coast Guard, according to their policy, you should be allowed to use CBD products. Now, whether the rest of the service branches or DOD as a whole updates their policy, that's where we come into play. We have an enormous amount of data. I mean, there's major companies and massive research organizations pushing stuff out about CBD. We've been in contact with them, and we have more data on veteran on the veteran use of CBD for a consistent period of time. So this isn't someone took one dose of CBD and took our, our surveys. It's consistent use for an extended period of time, which highlights a lot more information that researchers need to drive these types of policy and regulation changes. Um, so that's been extremely valuable to us as a company, not for just, not only for making our own personal product line better for the consumers, but for actually uh, going forward to change policy. Um, if you look at the VA, the VA recently funded a one point three million dollars study that enrolled one hundred thirty six veterans from all service areas uh, to study um, whether or not CBD isolates uh, can help ease PTSD symptoms. So if they would have talked to me, it would have said that you need to use broad spectrum, which is also THC free, but it has the other plant compounds in it uh, or full spectrum if you wanted to go that route. Uh, so either way, what we're seeing is that um, we're making progress, whether it's slow progress, you know, it's guaranteed to be slow progress, but we're making progress. Um, the issue is that service members are currently using CBD products and a lot of them. And so you have these phenomenal people who are doing all the right things and they want help with the recovery. They don't want to take ibuprofen 800. They don't want to take tramadol. They don't want to take gabapentin. They don't want to take Ambien um, or MiniPress or any of these other medications out there. They want to take a natural product that's no different than like, say, melatonin, but it helps them with their specific issues. They want to increase their performance. They want to clear head. They want to focus and get the job done and get done well, um, but they can't, you know, it's either prescriptions or deal with it and and there's nothing. Um, and so that puts a lot of service members at risk. When we talk about CBD for DOD, you know, I can sit here all day long and say this is ridiculous and throw stones and everything else. And so can anyone else for that matter. Um, but you know, we have to look at how does, um, this, how can it positively benefit DOD as a whole? Um, so if we looked at, you know, campus as a whole, across the nation, it's heading towards federal legalization. Um, Drew, Ian, you guys have campus legalization anywhere near you? I know it's it's a little different for me here in Colorado, where it's basically in grocery stores.
3: Yeah, so in New Hampshire, uh, which is ironic, uh, but every state around us, uh, from, from what I know of, is it is legalized. Um, you know, in in Massachusetts, you can actually just walk in there like you would in Colorado, just like you would, you know, buying a six pack of beer. Uh, here in New Hampshire, it's decriminalized, um, so I think if you're caught with less than an ounce, it's like just a slap on the wrist and just pay a ticket; it doesn't go on your record. Um, and if you do want to actually purchase it, you have to have a medicinal card. Uh, the biggest issue is, as you're familiar with is with, if you apply for a medicinal card, you're basically waiving your rights to own firearms. If you right. Look on, right. If I you urge look, no you, one to do that. Yeah. If you, if, you, <laughs> if you, because if you look on the background checks sheet, when you go in and purchase firearm, you know, it'll ask you if you've taken, you know, or you're currently taking, um, either prescription medication or um, substances name, namely one of them being marijuana. So, um, so yeah, kind of sets you up for failure in that sense, but you know, you can definitely go and buy, you know, beer and get intoxicated and do all the horrible things that lead, uh, from alcohol, but you can't, you know, do something that'll be good for your body.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the Bible Belt here in Tennessee. So they, uh, which I love, but at the same time, no, it's not legal. You can buy CBD products here, but, uh, there's no legal, uh, legalization of marijuana anywhere here in the SEC conference, I guess you could say, as far as I know. So,
0: yeah, right. I don't see it coming any time in the future, only because of, honestly, the, the ignorance that comes behind it. And, and a lot of states are trying to do the right thing, but we need, um, enough government regulation to where we can weed out the individuals who aren't doing it the right way
2: right and that leads uh perfectly into the freedom of information act request um that we got our hands on from uh cid the criminal investigation uh division of the DOD. Um, and essentially, you know, they point to something they call cycans, which is synthetic cannabinoids. Um, they said that cycans composed 31% of all drug related crime in fiscal year 2012 In 2013. Um, they started uh, authorizing probable cause and command directed testing for cycans or synthetic cannabinoids. So this is what we're referring to, you know, with spice, uh, that we mentioned earlier. Um, they go on to say that in 2018, almost no soldiers tested positive for Cycans, uh, in that Army policies have mitigated SICAN usage, um, which I think is debatable because I don't think anyone in the right mind knowing what spice is would knowingly consume that if they did not have bad intentions. If you continue on at the Freedom of Information uh, Act request, uh, they talk about CBD oil. They say CBD oil are available online, many retail stores, including vape shops and health stores. Um, and they state that CBD oils are controlled substances under schedule one of the controlled substances act, uh, and currently unregulated by us federal regulatory agencies. So while that sounds really bad, what that really means is that the FDA has been stalling on regulating CBD products for whatever reasons. A lot of people point to the fact that, um, they're trying to give the hand to pharmaceutical companies who have started creating, uh, cannabinoid prescription drugs. Um, but you shouldn't have to go wait in line at the doctor's office and then go pay for a prescription at 10,000 times the cost through the insurance scam to pick up you know, 100 milligrams of melatonin. And that's basically what the public is saying about CBD currently, which is why there's so much complication in the FDA moving forward with regulations. Um, so it sounds very bad. Uh, but it's incorrect. CBD oils are not under Schedule 1 the Controlled Substance Act, and uh, yes, they are not currently regulated by the U.S. FDA. However, if you look at any of the FDA uh, public statements that they've pushed out on CBD, if you look at any of the hemp industry organizations that are crafting uh, regulation for the industry, these products are being regulated. That's in progress um, for safety, purity, and potency. Um, they continue to talk about SICAN's uh, and then state that vape products marketed as THC-free may include Sycans. So essentially what you had is these bad actors who saw a huge marketing opportunity. We'll say this is CBD oil, and we'll sell our Spice or synthetic vape cartridges to guys that can get some sort of intoxicating effect, and they can just say it's CBD. Well, that trickled into DoD because, you know, soldiers going to do what they're going to do, and now it created this huge issue, and all CBDs is bad. Uh, so there's a misunderstanding from the very beginning, um, and they actually outlined that the uh, 2018 um, Controlled Substance Act, uh, hemp was removed from that. So um, they do acknowledge that it is making progress and uh, is legitimate. So when you look at our company mission and you look at DOD as a whole, um, you know, personally, to me, active service members and veterans are on the pill train. Uh, you add our love for alcohol in the mix, and the outcome's not good. I discussed it before. I think there's a direct correlation between alcohol, prescription drugs, and veteran suicide, mm-hmm. and that we haven't scratched the surface of that yet and started connecting the dots. Um, it's been a factor in a lot of the close deaths to suicide that I've been, um, I, I guess, affected by. Um, and I think that it's it's probably a lot more widespread than we think and to put that in perspective we recently sponsored uh the colorado off-road uh championship series it's uh dirt bike racing circuit out here in colorado for colorado state and then we sponsored the uh C rocky mountain enduro circuit which is regional so it includes races in wyoming and texas and in some other locations as well uh both big series obviously um dirt bike racing off-road racing you've got a very uh large conservative presence there, you know, anti-cannabis, marijuana, things like that. Um, so that was huge in breaking the stigma for us to be able to sponsor those series. And racing's played a huge part, you know, in, in my personal journey post-transition, you know, it gave me network kind of physical mental goals and things like that. Um, so it's incredible, you know, to be able to do that, get back to the community It's given me so much recently. Um, but I was at an event recently and they were introducing us as a sponsor. And, and you know, I went up there and, uh, just kind of spoke on prescription drug use because you think of off-road racers, and you know what comes to mind is injuries. Guys are breaking their arms and getting seriously injured, you know, at, at a lot of these races and in training and everything else. And when you're doing 60 miles an hour through the woods, you know the injuries are are typically you know severe, or you're at least getting banged up pretty bad. Um, and so a lot of guys, you know, are on opiates and painkillers and things like that. And then you look at the parents, you know, the kids racing the series and everything else. And then you deal, you start dipping into antidepressants and medications for all kinds of other stuff. Um, so I, I had people, you know, come talk to me at, at the end of the award ceremony, you know, if they wanted to learn more about CBD or what we're doing, you know, et cetera. And I had a surprising amount of people. I had a line out the door of people waiting to talk to me. And almost every single one of them told me they were on a handful of prescriptions. So this the same thing can be said of the DOD, you have senior leaders on handfuls of prescriptions. You have the lowest ranking privates on a lot of different prescriptions. This is in combination with the anti-malaria drugs, uh, you know, the ambient we get for flights over and in that transition into, you know, the op tempo and everything else. Um, and I'm sure you guys have experienced it at some point, Ian and Drew been on multiple prescriptions for, for various mm-hmm. things throughout your career. Um, mm-hmm. So the point is, is we have a prescribing problem. We have an alcohol culture and you combine that and it's not resulting in anything good. Um, now if you look at some of the cases, I mean, we probably all have buddies who were just absolute studs at work, but were terrible outside of work, um, in alcohol. And some of these prescriptions I, I think are a driving cause leading factor in that. And, uh, so if you look at, you know, CBD in what it can do. It's not a miracle cure-all, but it can get guys off these prescriptions and potentially start making them, you know, make better life choices. Uh, so if you look at Salt environment, positive network, uh, really pushing more of the transition piece and building that professional network, you know, on the outside because the military can't last forever for everyone. Um, I, I think that we can have uh, a stronger force, period. Uh, we can have increased retention Um, which is huge, and then you have to factor in societal norms. So we talked about cannabis legalization happening across the country. So when marijuana is regulated just as alcohol is across the entire nation, so you can go out and get an ounce of marijuana just like you would go out and buy a 12-pack of beer for your weekend party or whatever else, and DOD is still saying CBD products, which are non-intoxicated are completely banned to all service members, that's going to hurt retention a lot. Uh, because DOD is not keeping up with societal norms. Um, if you look at the actual retention, we're missing our numbers. In 2018, the army fell to me. It's desired force and strength by 7,500 soldiers, uh, partly due to low enlistment sessions and, and partly due to low retention, getting guys to reenlist. So we already know retention is an issue in the army. We know alcohol use is an issue in the army. We know overprescribing is an issue in the army. And we know that federal campus legalization is on the horizon, and we also know that natural CBD products are doing a lot of the things that can help soldiers specifically, and guys in those capacities with their physical and mental issues are going to be in natural vitamin stores across the nation, um, regulated, safe, non-intoxicating. So when when you pile all that together, uh, Army leaders are going to have to make a decision on are they going to continue the pro- prohibition of cannabis as a whole. Um, are they going to allow CBD products, you know, something as simple and safe as that, um, you know, or what, what are they going to do? And they need to dismiss uh, their personal sentiments. You know, the senior brass uh, surrounding cannabis and understand that hemp specifically is non-intoxicating and that's safe for use and that these hemp supplements can lead to a stronger workforce and increased retention. Um, so I think that we're going to be able to paint that picture really well. With our data, with the political allies we're making, with community support, that's continuing to grow day by day. And, you know, when the FDA actually regulates this industry, if DOD does not change that policy, we are immediately launching petitions. We will get the 100,000 signatures we need in 60 days. And I will take a handful of guys who have a lot more experience than me, you know, former Uh, special mission unit operators and and other guys with just absolutely impressive career backgrounds to go testify in front of Congress and try and get this policy changed. Um, So that's our company mission as a whole. That's some of the things that I wanted to highlight. You know, we covered your analysis, uh, kind of the the real life, here's what happens with CBD products. Um, One thing I didn't hit on there is that, you know, THC-free products, if you have COAs that are third-party verified by an ISO-accredited laboratory, and you look on there and it says ND, which is no detectable levels of THC, that means that there's no THC in that product. And what we've heard of happening um, in, we've really started to look into it, is if you take a cheap strip test from like Walmart, CVS or Walgreens or something like that, and you tested yourself after using a THC free product from any company out there, you have the risk of failing that strip test and or it showing a light pink or false positive for THC that's because those cheap strip tests are not accurate. Uh, employment drug screen uses GCMS and HPCL um, testing, which is extremely accurate. That's what our labs use to generate our COAs on site. Uh, so if someone does have a false positive on a strip test, I would tell them to immediately request a confirmatory drug test uh, with actual employment drug testing standards. And it's going to generate what the COA reflects on site or wherever that company has this, the certificate analysis or lab results for their product, which is THC. Uh, you cannot fail a drug test for THC if you do not consume THC. And those lab reports will tell you if there's THC in the product or not.
0: For you guys at Uncana, one of the things that you guys are doing, trying to help provide discounts to the community out there, whether it's veterans or first responders, and maybe you can kind of touch on some of what you're doing there and and why it is that you're doing that.
2: Right, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, you know, there there is a standard pricing across the industry, and it's fluctuating like crazy. Um, if you look at what happened after the 2018 Farm Bill uh, removed hemp from the CSA. You saw farmers in every single state, whether they had a hemp program, whether it was authorized or not, start growing hemp. And so you had this massive influx of hemp to the point to where people could not actually sell their crops. So they actually lost their entire farms. Their suicide rates in farmers skyrocketed in 2019, just this last year, uh, because they went all in. They converted their entire crops. They didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't have buyers lined up for their biomass. And they went under and and lost it all. Um, so a, a lot of things are affecting the price of CBD. I think that as this continues, it's going to be picked up by the major corporations, and it's going to be sitting on every shelf out there. Um, now, anyone can produce 99-plus percent pure CBD isolate. That's an extremely simple process, and there's really no difference. There are a few bad actors that were importing you know, products from China that – Or maybe synthetic, you know, definitely didn't have the standards that domestic crops have here in the U.S. uh, and things of that nature. But if you focus on, you know, the majority of what's happening, you have isolate that's mass produced. It's in almost every company's out there, you know, uh, in their product lineup. And a lot of companies only offer isolate. Um, So when you look for an industry-leading company, they typically have isolate, broad spectrum, and full spectrum products. If they don't have all three, then they lack an essential product if they don't have full spectrum products then they lack the most beneficial cbd product that there is So I would step away from that company and I would find someone that offers all three types um, And that's not biased to me. There's plenty of industry leaders out there that uh, actually offer all three types um, when, when you look at the explosion of the industry, you know when I came on board as I was transitioning um, there were a few veteran owned Lab extraction type companies who are marketed more towards the you know hippie kind of stoner community, the the real cannabis community, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, there was actually only one other CBD company uh, that was offering products similar to ours, um, but they had a very "woe is me" type attitude in the marketing and, and stuff like that. Which, if you look at and what we're doing, it's it's not let's fixate on the issues and say that all veterans are broken. It's the exact opposite, you know, and I I try and lead from the front with that example, you know, I'm pursuing a uh, career in enduro racing on the side, personal professional goals. And we we advocate for a positive uh, network and solid environment Um, in just making positive changes in every aspect of your life. So um, there was one other company. It was our only competitor. If you look now there's, you know, 30 plus different veteran owned CBD companies, Uh, The majority of them white lemon products from, you know, whatever manufacturer. Um, If you look at industry lean companies, period, uh, there were about six different companies that I was looking at um, trying to partner with. I dumped my life savings into this. I told them, you know, I had the community, I had the network, I had the background and that I want to develop the best products on the market and I want to do it the right way. So there were a total of maybe seven companies that we were trying to work with in regards to that. And now there are, you know, probably over 300 plus companies, easily 300 companies manufacturing CBD in some form. Um, there's a lot of gimmick products on the market. People are putting CBD in absolutely everything. I've seen CBD leggings, CBD pillows.
1: <laughs> wow. It, you know,
2: there's memes going around of like CBD toilet paper. Um <laughs> You know, some of the products are extremely innovative, and you have teams of researchers putting together proprietary blends that um, are, are really good. And we're going to be dipping into that market and carrying some of those products pretty shortly. Other products we look at, and we're like, uh, that is a complete scam gimmick product. Um, but, you know, they've got 100,000 hits on their their Instagram post and, you know, 700 comments, and then they're racking and stacking the cash. Um, so good for them, but I, I encourage consumer education, you know, we built the CBD guide so that someone can come in, see what the entire CBD market consists of, you know, how to shop for the right products. And, and, you know, it's not biased Buy from us or not, but leave with accurate information at least so that you can make the best decision, you know, for you. Um, so it's, it's been interesting in that aspect, uh, watching the industry explode. If you look at our pricing, um, we are not the cheapest brand on the market we're not the most expensive. Um, Our price fluctuates, we're trying to keep it steady uh, so that guys have expectations and that our pricing works for our retailers under us, it works for the special programs we have out there. Um, And at the same time, you know, we can continue growing and scaling our company and putting funds towards our mission, our political mission with the DOD advocacy. Um, But, you know, it's, I'm not personally living in a mansion or, you know, as they would say, like, balling out of control. Pretty much everything recycles back into our company, and I think that we are fairly priced for the quality of product we're pushing out there. And so, when you go into the pricing of these products, um, you know, lab testing alone, I, I spend over thirty grand a year just on lab testing our products. And the federal government, state regulations, I, I don't have to do any of that. I could just say that we're lab testing products like a lot of these you know companies out there are doing. And not actually have the test on site, not showing the public, not consistently lab testing every batch for safety, purity, and potency. But it's a necessary expense, and it's doing things the right way. Um, if you look at the money that we're funneling to the hemp industry uh, organizations that are leading advocacy, leading standardization, regulation change, et cetera, you know, it, so, so those are some of the things on the back end where money is going, you know, from profit margins. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know you can look at a thousand milligram full spectrum tincture from one company and it might be up to two hundred and twenty dollars. Um, you know, whereas another company, they might be selling it for forty. And what you're happening is or what you're seeing happen is a lot of these corporations, if you get on LinkedIn, jump in professional forums, you see it all over the place. Big time corporate cannabis companies that, you know, loaded up a ton of investor money and just did everything possible in are not making sales and, and actually don't have, you know, consistent sales and support, they're doing everything possible to get rid of their products. So that's where you may see products on the very low end, um, even though it's a quality product. You may see products on the very high end, and it's because those people are saying, oh, we're the industry leaders. So for our comparable 2,500 milligram full spectrum, our MSRP is 140. We offer a 25% off full-time veteran first responder discount. Uh, That was extended to everyone throughout the entire month of April uh, due to COVID, wrecking the economy, some people losing jobs. And I would say 50% of our actual customer base, based on our data, is um, they rely on these products. They've replaced prescriptions with them and continue to use them as a result. Um, So if you look at that, um, $140 for a Full spectrum tincture is significantly lower than what our industry lean competitors are charging for theirs i mean you're, you're seeing upwards <clears throat> you know 220 240 dollars for that same product and there's virtually no difference in it whatsoever and you can view the coas and then determine that yourself and there's absolutely no difference in the standards and certifications or manufacturing processing on the back end you know this isn't something done uh, you know, in a garage with some kind of home extraction technique, you know, we're in there squeezing hemp with a wet rag or something. It's I mean, it's full blown food grade process and manufacturing facilities, you know, uh, and we have our system set up to where we can supply uh, nationwide scaling uh, with no issues at all. And that stems to partnerships we develop. That extends to the international options that we're open up with uh, Australia and the UK in um, places like New Zealand. Uh, so it, it is very interesting seeing that the biggest thing I can tell people is that you can actually do some simple math and break out the cost per milligram. So if you really wanted to dig into it, you could take 2,500 milligram full spectrum and divide that by the total cost of that product. And you can see what we charge per milligram of CBD. Um, we're somewhere between the six and eight cent per milligram range on pretty much all of our products. I've done the math on some of these competitor companies and, you know, I've seen companies charging 25 up to like 48 cents per milligram, which is a massive overcharge in virtually for no reason whatsoever. And the reason they're able to get away with it is because they have every big name athlete out there sponsored by them, you know, and, and people think it's the best product on the market because of that. Um, but, you know, when you look at affiliate programs, people will promote anything they're paid to. And uh, that's why I really like our systems and kind of, you know, like, I don't pay Drew in anything, and they were, you know, gracious enough to come on here and support this podcast and kind of share their experiences and feedback on the products. Uh, they do a lot of mutual promotion for us, you know, on the social media e-commerce side. Um, and you know, I'm just really grateful for guys like that in the community that support us, and we continuously give back, you know, to the companies that support us in, in all that we do. And I think that kind of resonates with the consumer base. There's a little bit more trust and transparency versus everyone you know big name celebrity influencers throwing stuff up um about uncana and you know we're going to do what we need to to get the visibility and scale we need uh because that's what's going to effectively change DoD policy um but you know i'm staying away from bringing on investors turn uncana into a corporation uh because i think that our mission will go out the window as soon as that happens so we're truly taking this company forward we're currently competing with corporate interests in this space they're completely aware of us they view us as competitors uh, and they want our market, you know, 1000%. Um, but we're driving forward and, uh, doing pretty well with, uh, a team of veterans and veteran spouses. And, you know, I think that's a really awesome thing. And we're continuously giving it back to veteran foundations and, and organizations in the community throughout.
0: Ian, you've been like super quiet.
3: Just, uh, just hanging, yeah. Ian's hanging out, man.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Ian's He's been writing out. notes. He's like, hey, <laughs> is there anything that we can bring in to promote you guys and what you're doing?
3: No, I mean anything that that obviously um, uh, you guys you know can can do for for Drew and us in regards to you know uh, getting our name out there. People are asking about um, you know teaching or instructing. You know that's that that's obviously our our wheelhouse there. When when's your
2: class coming up out here, Ian? Is that rescheduled? Uh, yeah,
3: that yeah, had to reschedule a bunch of crap. Unfortunately, um, damn COVID. Yeah, COVID. Uh, it should be right. the middle. It should be the middle of uh, June. Uh, let's see here. I got it right here. It should be the weekend of the 13th and the 14th, the Saturday and Sunday. June 13th and 14th. Drew, you have anything
1: yeah. coming up in Colorado? No, actually, I do have some. i and I need you help with uh, later on. I was going to get with you about Denver, but um, I don't have any classes in Colorado right now. I'm looking to schedule those. So hopefully, you know, probably next year, realistically. But I want to get out there. I do have one thing, and this is shit, you know, completely selfish. It's what we were talking about last night. You mentioned earlier about the race coming up um, that you're doing. So, me personally, I just got back. I got another motorcycle after seven years of not having one, right? And I am completely geeking out over what you're doing with the enduro racing and everything else. Case in point, I spent about two hours last night on YouTube watching horrible helmet cam videos of guys doing this stuff and all the cool vids. So I know you've got the one coming up and then the 300, I think, later on. Uh, Can you just tell people about that? And just so everybody knows, I basically volunteered or told you that I'm going to fly up and be the water boy and just tag along for this. <laughs> uh, and basically, be like, you want a guy that can hold the gas can? Like, I can totally do that. You know, like just try to tag along.
3: <laughs> right, right, man. But, uh, you, well, you we'll, we'll see that 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 we can't work anymore. You know, you might as well take up another job, Drew. How right? awesome
1: would it be to have like five military soft guys on your team that no, I mean, have no knowledge on what we're supposed to be doing, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you look yeah, cool.
2: Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that's the I'll dream. Man. Once. <laughs> I mean, we we talked for quite a bit, and you personally now know what. Racing in that community, you know, it's done for me. It's, it's got adrenaline, it's family friendly, it's physical and mental goals that you can set for yourself. There's metrics that are measurable so you can judge your performance and your improvement. I mean, it's, it's absolutely everything that guys need transitioning. You know, I personally think I encourage everyone to pick up a dirt bike and get after it. Um, So I I was about three months post-transition and kind of losing my mind, adjusting to civilian life and then running business full-time, you know, with with no break in there Um, and kind of everything on the line, not knowing if it's going to work out or not. And, you know, that's what provides for my family and and all the guys working for us and with us. And um, so I I got on a dirt bike and uh, basically it, it, made a huge change in my personal life um started riding trails and kind of picking it back up i'd been on a bike motorcycles my whole life but not um off-road racing specifically and uh so i I ended up just going to trailheads i uh met a bunch of different guys through that one of the first guys i met at a trailhead had spent 10 years in the army um he got injured and, and he was medically discharged and uh he became a good source to kind of introduce me to the rest of the riding community here um and you know i would say two months back on a bike and i was in my first race and getting yeah. after ever since um so if you look at it you know i've had uh trail riding adventures where we go camp out with you know friends and family um and, and that's you know the epitome of what i mean by solid network positive environment you know not slamming briskies back in your favorite bar on weekends and just being miserable waiting for monday to come around and, and get back at it um and yeah so i you know, in all that I do, I try and take everything to the the biggest level possible, and it's either going to work out or it's not. And that's just kind of my attitude, you know, at this point. Um, just see how far I can push and, and get with stuff. And uh, can, so, uh, can you
1: briefly, I know he's got a up, go, can you just briefly tell us about the race coming up, like the team you're on, you know, just kind of give them some publicity of what you're doing, and maybe people can follow you? I think that'd be really cool. Just a brief little description, because I'm sure they'll do what I did and go down the rabbit hole and start Googling too. So.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, so I got invited to rice, uh, to ride, um, a team bike in a 550 mile desert race. It's, uh, called the uh, Vegas to Reno. It's part of the best in the desert racing series out in Nevada. Uh, it's about the closest thing that you can get to the Baja races down in Mexico. Um, that's in August. Uh, we're starting to train up for that now, making all of our preparations. Um, but it's a beast. So, I raced the local uh, hair scramble and enduro race series. An enduro race is two hours straight, uh, just going nonstop, you know, balls to the wall the whole time. Uh, so, it's extremely physically mentally taxing. Uh, but this race is roughly three and a half times the distance of one of those two hour straight enduro races. Uh, compared to regular motocross, you know, you have two 30 minute motos. Uh, so it's a lot different. It's definitely the full blown endurance performance athlete kind of mentality and in, in community. Um, so that race is going to be pretty awesome. Uh, it's my first time doing anything like that. Uh, there's another race called the silver state 300. I'm going to try and do that on my own bike. Uh, it's 300 miles. So I want to iron man it and that's where we need kind of like pit crew support things like that because you can't complete these races without a solid pit crew uh so i think that's where drew and i were talking um we are uh wrapping our desert chase vehicle so it's carrying tools and fuel and food and everything else and the point of the chase vehicle is to beat the actual racer to his next checkpoint uh so they're standing by to gas us up and you know it's like a you know 45 second exchange and then you're off again and then the chase crew is getting back after it um, so pretty cool endeavor, and I'm going to try and work in and, and see if Drew can come out and link up and run some pit support and sling some gas cans and have a good time and see Desert Racing up close and personal. Awesome. Yes. Sure <laughs> love it, dude. Love it. So. And, Ian, uh, we've been talking recently. Um, I know COVID has impacted you guys, you know, the tactical and shooting instructors.
3: For you obviously sure. deal with a
2: lot of, you know, ranges and public space uh, yeah. and being in proximity mm-hmm. of people. Um, yeah. We've had our own challenges, you know, surrounding COVID and we've had to drastically change operations, but we, we've been able to push through and, uh, you know, not had to uh, cut too many expenses and things like that. Um, but I understand you guys, you know, have really taken a significant hit. Uh, I know you had a Colorado event coming out local and we were going to come out and support you for that. And now that's rescheduled to, uh, what June thirteenth, fourteenth? You yep. said, Yep. right. How's uh, how are you handling? You know, COVID and, and kind of the the hit that you guys have taken.
3: I mean, uh, for me, it's just kind of just rolling, rolling with uh, what's kind of given. Right, because a lot of stuff is unfortunately outside of uh, Drew rise control. I know for me, um, you know, I had I supposed to do a class in obviously in Colorado and then one in New Mexico and those both had to be pushed. I had a couple local classes that had to be pushed because our range is not technically on the essential business list, so uh, the board members that I'm with decided to take it upon themselves to follow the scripture by the rule and the range being closed um, until when. I'm not really sure. Obviously, it's up to the the governor here in New Hampshire, uh, but classes are just trying to be pushed as much as possible. I've been pushing my remote coaching um a little bit more um basically my way of being able to remotely give people a purpose you know in this case keeping those skills kind of up and ready and then doing a bit of uh uh, writing as well i've been kind of getting into making i guess a a digital uh zine of course a zine basically meaning just like a micro magazine like five or six pieces in it And I've been kind of selling those on my website for, you know, uh, five bucks a pop. And that's been kind of helping out a bit. But just trying to get creative uh, just because, you know, like guys like us, we're not just going to, you know, uh, you know, uh, get on our knees and take it. You know, we're going to keep standing, keep fighting and keep pushing through because it's just another hiccup along the way. Um, It's just all about, like I said, getting creative and uh, just trying to keep forceful effort forward.
2: Right. And, you know, we had discussions before, and, uh, I mean, I, I was looking to support you you guys and anyone else taking a hit as much as possible. You know, I, I definitely picked out some apparel from your site, so I'll be rocking, you know, the <laughs> no one is coming to you around here and you get some media for <laughs> you in some that. of these races. I appreciate um,
3: that.
2: Yeah, and I'm looking good. Uh, looking forward to the course reschedules um, when you're out here in June. We'll, we'll absolutely make announcements and, and try and get our local uh, network come out and, and see what you have going on. And the same thing, Joe, with you, you know, next time in Tennessee would uh, absolutely love to link up. And hopefully you have a bike by then and we can go hit some trails together.
1: Absolutely. I'll tell the wife she'll hate you, but I'll have yeah. a bike.
2: <laughs> yeah. That sounds yeah. good, man. You, you guys it. have another card to hide the expenses there. It's Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Kobe,
0: Kobe, it's always good having you on, brother, and I'm glad that you were able to to come on and update us on some of the things that are going on, especially since CBD is becoming more of a craze now since the last time that you were on the, the show back in episode 174. And, um, you know, and the fact that DOD is, is at least starting to make some headway and you're pushing a lot of that, I know. So, you know, continue doing what you're doing and uh, we'll have you back on again and give us an update when things start becoming a little bit more clear. Robert, I appreciate,
2: it. I appreciate all that you do, uh, especially with your promotion at veteran owned us, you know, you've done a lot of work in connecting us with other veteran owned businesses and, and really kind of solidifying what we're all about, which is uh, getting the community together on board for something positive and, and driving forward for positive change.